This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Saturday, 15 April, in the year of our Lord, 2023. It's the tax weekend. I know a lot of you are sweating looking at it. I always have thought that tax day ought to be the same day you vote. You notice they've separated those out, that the farthest really on the calendar is, you know, April, early April, mid-April from November. That's for a reason. If you combine tax day and, and voting day, you'd have very different outcomes in this country. All the anxiety you're going through this weekend as you get ready for Tuesday taxes. Uh, Joe, and we got a lot to go through. Okay, next week on Monday, they're going to have the hearing in New York. We're going to be either live or somehow stream it. We're going to get all the highlights of that. You got the McCarthy speech from the debt. We're also working on MTG. Others are talking about going on offense on the cartels. It's, it's time that uh, we are we're playing defense too much. There's no southern border. We're going to have Colonel Mills on. We're working on I think we're going to have it done by Monday and actually talk to you if you had to do deep interdiction into Mexico to take out the cartels. How would you actually do it at the beginning of a war plan to really take on the cartels? So you get to see all that. Um, more stuff on the VAX. Uh, Dr. Malone, I think Robert Kennedy is going to, Jr. is going to be at, uh, I think it's next week, is going to announce at in Boston for the presidency. I think Dr. Malone is going to be there. So we got a lot going on. Uh, so much, though, is changing every day. And this is one of the reasons we're focused on this artificial intelligence so because it's going to change uh, everything. It just is. And some of it's so dark that we can't even get into. As we develop it and are able to explain it, we'll come back with details. We're not hiding it from you. We just don't understand it well enough to be able to present it coherently. Uh, Joe, one thing I want you to do, and we've got a cold open. By the way, Josh Hammer from Newsweek, the editor of the op-ed section of Newsweek, the, really the best in the country, is going to join us next. And then we're going to talk about uh, uh, these Satan clubs are popping up in schools all over. They've got to be addressed. Joe Allen, I, I need you just definitionally, because one of the things of the war, we want to make sure everybody understands and gets the nomenclature. When you talk about artificial general intelligence versus artificial intelligence, a lot of our viewers have been with us from the beginning. When you joined us a couple of years ago, know that. But explain when you say Altman is a believer in artificial general intelligence, and we know that um, Elon Musk is, and we know that uh, Zuckerberg is and Bill Gates. Wh why is that? What does that term mean? To what we just think about artificial intelligence, and why is that beyond a game changer as we address this issue of artificial intelligence, sir? Uh, Steve, the the many definitions of artificial intelligence it, it really becomes a problem when talking about it. The original definition of artificial intelligence, going back to 1956 with John McCarthy at the Dartmouth conference that was any computer system that thinks like a human right and so this is a human level machine was the conception uh, many decades ago artificial intelligence basically they call the ai winner it floundered forever 
the last 10 years, it has really ramped up. And as it's ramped up, people have distinguished between different types of artificial intelligence. The two you just mentioned are, this is really the most crucial distinction to make when thinking about the technology that exists now and what they want to exist in the future. So artificial narrow intelligence exists now. And artificial narrow intelligence is just an AI system dedicated to a, a single type of task, a single cognitive domain. And so an example would be uh, a, a, an AI with visual recognition that's trained to identify tumors in an X-ray. Uh, another would be the AI systems that play games, like the games chess or Go or any of the other games that AI has been trained to play. Another one would be to uh, create battlefield simulations, right? And then, of course, chat GPT or GPT technology, all those chatbots, their narrow range is in natural language processing, even though this is why people are freaking out about GPT. There is some flexibility there. So it's able to recognize, for instance, objects and translate that into text and make meaningful statements about it, which there are separate systems that do that, of course. But you're talking about a massive system that's starting to show these emergent semi-generalist tendencies. Now, when you talk about artificial general intelligence, what that means is you have multiple cognitive modules all operating at once. The machine can move from one domain to the other, to the other, to the other. These systems would be operating simultaneously. This is conceived of as being human level intelligence in the sense that humans, obviously in any animal, uh, operates with a kind of generalized intelligence. The same brain does different things across different tasks. Uh, but the big difference with artificial general intelligence would be that it would operate at superhuman capacities. So all of these narrow systems I've just mentioned, all of them operate at superhuman capacities, all of them. Humans, the best humans anyway, uh, uh, even don't stand a chance against them. And then, you know, of course, mediocre people uh, don't either. So the idea then is that once you've created an artificial general intelligence, you now have super, in effect, superhuman intelligence, a godlike entity. This is the way they conceive of it, this godlike entity. And, and something that's also really important to note, Steve, is that even though the goal would be to make it as much like a human as possible, including sort of programs that simulate emotion, including empathy, uh, self-preservation, so on and so forth, instincts. Uh, but uh, there's, in my evaluation, there's literally no way it's going to be anything like a human. It, it, it would be something very alien, something very monstrous. People oftentimes compare it to like the Shogoths from H.P. Lovecraft's horror stories uh, you know, back in the day, and people oftentimes uh, compare it to an alien mind, and people oftentimes compare it to a demon. But that's the important distinction there. Uh, super intelligence would be any system that gets out of human control. It could be narrow or general, also very important. But the main distinct distinctions to be made, narrow intelligence and uh, general intelligence. Um. 
Also, talk to me, is it AGI where you reach the stage where it actually can recreate itself? I mean, it, it, artificial intelligence, it's sweeping everything we've created, but at artificial general intelligence, the thing itself starts to recreate itself and expand its own powers? Uh, absolutely. And, I, you know, even so, like a narrow intelligence like uh, GPT, right? GPT-4 is capable in chat GPT. It's capable of writing code. And Google's systems at DeepMind are capable of writing code. They don't have access to their own systems, so they're not, act they're not actively rewriting their own codes. But they are improving on the work of human coders, and they're creating codes that human coders aren't creating. And the idea, and this is talked about, we've covered this a lot, guys like Ben Gertzel, guys like Ray Kurzweil, and especially guys like Nick Bostrom, the idea that they put forward is that these systems would be going in and improving themselves. And so once that self-improvement process starts, Nick Bostrom calls this an, ex an intelligence explosion. It would just improve uh, exponentially out of human control. And that's why they talk about alignment, AI alignment, because if an AI reaches a super intelligent phase, then the super intelligence would quickly escape human control and may not have our best interests in heart at heart. That is why the Future of Life Institute put out that open letter. I want to ask about Lovecraft for a second, but I want to put something of Denver. Bennett Miller one of the great uh, cinematic artists, a writer-director, did Moneyball, if you remember that, and just a, a fabulous director. I sat for interviews with him on the topic of transhumanism a number of years ago. He's, he's got a... Uh, to show you how scary this is, but also how haunting, he's got a... Uh, if you put it up at the, at what, the Gagosian, um, which is one of the premier galleries in New York City, on Madison Avenue. He's got a showing. If you're in the New York area, this is totally free. You can go. Obviously, they want you to buy these things. All of these prints, all of these photographs, all these images, Bennett Miller had, I mean, this is all from artificial intelligence, all of it. And it's not the, the science fiction stuff you're used to seeing. This is haunting. It looks like from the 17th, 16th, it looks like 17th, 18th, and 19th century, early 20th century. It is stunning and haunting all artificial intelligence it's a it's a gallery we're actually going to put it up i'll get grace and mo put up on the site you ought to go if you're in the new york city area anywhere it is definitely worth going by and seeing this Teilhard de chardin the jesuit um anthropologist i guess he would be is is considered the intellectual with the noospheres the one of the intellectual um uh, thinkers in back of the internet, the noosphere, right? The, the web of thought that, that encapsulates the world that the internet kind of has become. H.P. Lovecraft has talked about when you talk about transhumanism, particularly artificial intelligence. Why, why is that? Uh, Lovecraft was from the earliest 20th century, correct? It was a kind of a science fiction mystery uh, writer, uh, even horror fiction at the time. Joe Allen, give me a minute or two for the audience. Another, another. We're trying to build your information knowledge base here. Why is why are people talk about Lovecraft? They talk about De Chardin about the internet. When they talk about a artificial intelligence or transhumanism, they talk about H.P. Lovecraft, sir. Yeah, uh, Lovecraft's 
Cthulhu mythos uh, is extraordinarily popular and very, very influential in science fiction because he did, it, it, or, or horror, depending on how you want to look at it. But the idea, the basic idea that in, in that mythos was that our world is a kind of controlled, safe place, but the greater powers of the universe are these super intelligent, horrific, oftentimes tentacled or, you know, just monstrous beings uh, that should they enter our, our world again would destroy us. And so he was obsessed with these sorts of cults. They were oftentimes uh, framed in the kind of voodoo um, uh, uh, aesthetic. And these cults were trying to summon these monsters, these shogoths, back into uh, our world. And so the, the, the reason it's compared to artificial intelligence is that in the same way that these shogoths were being summoned by these bad actors on Earth, and in the same way, these Shogoths were completely beyond human comprehension and posed a real threat to all humanity because of this, this odd cognition that doesn't regard humans as valuable. Uh, artificial intelligence in its raw state, before you start putting on safety layers, uh, and, and certainly in, in its raw state, it is pretty uncontrollable. It just kind of does what it wants to do, so to speak, uh, because it's working on fuzzy logic because it's working through statistical patterns instead of like, you know, step-by-step -step algorithms in traditional programming, uh, there's this unpredictability about it. And the more powerful the machine, the more unpredictable it is. And so that comparison to the Shogoths, I think it's very apt. Um, you, you just, you simply have a system. You can't understand why it came to the conclusion it did because the system is so vast, it really can't be audited in any meaningful way. And you don't really know why it's doing what it's doing and unless it's steered, right? Unless, you know, like Yudkowsky and Musk and people like that, unless you bring it into human alignment, it is no. not going to necessarily I, I, do what you want it to do. I don't believe there are controls. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. I, I'm just not – I don't buy into the fact they've really got controls. I think this thing can burn through any control you have. I just, I just think that. Uh, I'm a believer that this is your, we're building the Antichrist. Joe, you've been amazing to carve out your time here today. I know you're busy working on a bunch of big projects. How do people get to you over the weekend? How do they follow you, sir? Uh, you can find me at warroom.org under the transhumanism tab, jobot.xyz, my social media at J-O-E-B-O-T-X-Y-Z, new piece at the top of my social media about the digital undead, Microsoft, Amazon, and other startups uh, creating profiles of you and a sort of zombie version of people so that when you pass on, your loved ones will have you around. Very, very eerie. Very eerie. Joe Allen, thank you. Keep fighting the good fight. One of America's top young thinkers, Josh Hammer from Newsweek, next in the world. Americans have had it. They're done supporting companies that rake in hundreds of millions, sometimes billions of dollars, while trashing the country that made their success possible. Until recently, we had to take it. But companies like Patriot Mobile are building a whole new economy, one which embraces the values that made America the greatest country on earth. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you can get the best possible service in your area. Plus, they offer a coverage guarantee. If you're not happy... With your coverage, you can switch to a different network for free without changing carriers. All this, plus the knowledge that you are supporting free speech, the sanctity of life, the Second Amendment, 
and our military and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call them right now at 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Bannon. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Remember, stop giving monies to companies that hate you. Support the Patriot Mobiles of the world. That's patriotmobile.com slash Bannon or call 878-PATRIOT. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I'll blow up into smithereens and spew my tiny symphony all up and down a city street while trying to put my mind at ease like finishing this melody. This feels like a necessity, so this could be the death of me or maybe just a better me. Now come in with the symphonies and take a shot at Hennessy. I know I'm not there mentally, but you could be the remedy so Girlhood becomes yeah. stronger when there's more of us behind behind it. Only certain people are allowed in, but who's allowing? That's the real question. Who Do is? You know? I I don't. Maybe there isn't one. <laughs> and maybe that's <laughs> maybe the beautiful there part of it. Do you have any relationship to the concept of girlhood? I absolutely do. I find girlhood to be inspiring. There are a lot of human beings who are girls who transcend what their gender is supposed to be. Yes. And that to me is something I draw strength from and excitement from. Absolutely. (laughs) And I hope this is the start of a lifelong friendship. What do you think, people? (laughs) I love you all. Okay. Oh, we got to do my signature. Okay. Okay, Okay, ready? Love Love ya! Okay, Josh Hammer, the uh, editor in charge of, I think, the most impressive uh, op-ed page or or part of a magazine over at Newsweek joins us. Josh, uh, there's a huge boycott going on. I think the market cap of the stock is down four or five billion dollars. We hear that the sales are plummeting. Walk walk our audience through what what is going on here with the very first day that he did the uh, the rack of, of Bud Lights, we actually played the clip and, you know, told our audience that we thought that people should stop buying Bud Light because it's so egregious. But walk us through your piece and uh, how important is this in American culture right now? You know, Steve, if you had played that video for literally probably 15 more seconds, I probably would have had to run to the bathroom and just start puking my lungs out, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it is just profoundly sad, but also evincing and indicative of where we are as a country that this sort of video gets the Gen Z folks hooked, that this is what they're hooked on. So I kind of just had to get that off right off the top here. But when it comes to the Bud Light stunt in particular, and, you know, call it a stunt, call it a gambit, whatever you want to call it, but it really obviously is kind of the quintessence of performative corporate virtue signaling. You know, when this happened at this point, probably two weeks ago or so, I had so many apolitical friends, friends who, unlike you and I, Steve, are not necessarily kind of deeply plugged in, watching the news, checking social media, talking about this stuff day in and day out. I had so many generally just apolitical friends from childhood through the past five years of my life text me and say, what the hell is going on here? I mean, I think to my one childhood friend who's been a buddy of mine literally since we were in kindergarten together, 
he texted me and said, Josh, I've been a Bud Light drinker for years. That's my go-to drink at the supermarket, at the bar, you name it. I'm done. I am just literally done. And I heard that sentiment or something along those lines over and over again. And the pushback, it hasn't necessarily been kind of quarterback coordinated from a 35,000-foot altitude view or something. I mean, there's no one kind of shouting from the commanding rooftops. There's not like one person. It's been a fairly kind of organic kind of grassroots uprising that has resulted, as you said, in Anheuser-Busch losing about four and a half to $5 billion in their market capitalization, in their stock price, in their corporate value as of the time that you and I are speaking. And it's been unfolding all across America. So this past week, uh, I think it was Fox Business ran a headline about the carnage. They use the word carnage or the carnage and the bloodbath that uh, about what what is happening in Bud Light right now. They quoted this bar owner in Missouri who's saying that he's going to stop ordering Bud Light in his bar. John Rich, the country star, was on TV earlier this week. He he, he owns a popular country bar in downtown Nashville. It was Bud Light was his number one best-selling beer. He's going to stop ordering it because no one wants it anymore. So, the big takeaway here. And, you know, I have, I have a few examples in my column this week. This is not the only example. But the big takeaway here is that conservatives and the right in general, because query whether the term conservative is even appropriate in the year 2023, the right, rightist, Americanist, traditionalist, whatever you want to call us, we have just as much capability as does the left to rise up in unison and to dictate our preferences as consumers. I mean, all we're trying to do is just use the market. We are just using our consumer preferences to shift behavior. And when the corporations have capitulated to wokeism, the extent to which they do, yes, we need public policy solutions, antitrust, all that stuff. You know, I, I think you and I agree on pretty much all that stuff. But the consumers have a role to play, too. And that's been very heartening and encouraging, actually, I think, to see the American rights stand up like this. They had the young woman who's the, I think the brand manager, she'd gone to Harvard. She was on talking and they had a clip. We actually played it um, talking about how to get into fratty. The, the commercials weren't working. They had to rechange the brand. Dylan is also associated with, with Nike, with doing a sports bra, right? The Nike and Nike and Anheuser-Busch are two of the most sophisticated companies in the world when it comes to market analysis advertising i mean these people are this is a machine and that machine runs off analytics what are they seeing when they look at american culture in 2023 that we're not seeing because they're clearly seeing something and they're not listen so far even with a massive hit to market cap nike's taking blowback tampax others are associated with it they're not backing off right now so what are they seeing in the math do you think these two sophisticated marketing marketing behemoths at Nike and at uh, at Anheuser Busch that maybe Josh Hammer and Steve Bannon are not. Well, you know, I think the innocent explanation is basically what you're suggesting here. The, I think the innocent explanation is what uh, I think Alyssa Heinerscheid is her name. She's the kind of the now infamous vice president of marketing for Bud Light. Where on that video, she said our customers are too fratty. We need to find new audiences. You know, if you take her at her word, I think that is kind of the more innocent, anodyne, innocuous explanation. The slightly more pernicious explanation is that this is not about reaching new audiences. Rather, this is trying to use the power of a corporate behemoth of Anheuser-Busch's stature or Nike, Disney, any of these other kind of iconic American companies that once upon a time were as American as apple pie, and using that power to try to transform society. I, I mean, fundamentally, when we speak about so-called woke capital, 
a term that I have somewhat mixed thoughts on. But when we when we actually use that term, that's really what we're getting at. We're talking about kind of corporate actors trying to make cultural or civilizational change, the likes of which would have been, frankly, probably impossible outside of the direct political process as recently as 10, 15 years ago. This is a fairly new phenomenon, obviously. So it's just not obvious to me, I guess, that that we're missing something because because I'm not convinced that they're actually just doing a straight kind of marketing perspective. But, you know, again, the proof will ultimately be in the pudding. I mean, let's you know, let's you know, we'll see how far this market cap drops. Right. We'll see how far the stock price ultimately drops. But if you look at kind of the transgender issue, the public polling on this issue is very, very, very far from a slam dunk for the left, uh, you know, transgender, gender affirming care, surgeries, whatever you, whatever kind of dystopian term you want to call it for minors, that continues to be a politically winning issue for the right based on the numbers that I have seen. Certainly transgender sports is very much a winning issue for the right. They're, so they're, I, they're, I, they're, they're blowout numbers. You're, ta- you're talking about numbers of two thirds of 70 percent. Here's the first, this guy first came to, Dylan first came to our attention. We played it. Remember, he was brought into the White House before the 2022 midterms. He was given a one-on-one interview with a guy named Joe Biden from the, not the Oval Office, but they were in the White House. I mean, this guy has been been promoted. So, so clearly, and when you see the polling, it's so far against. What are they seeing? This is my question. What are they seeing that we're not, that they continue to push this? He goes from, he was very prominent on the TikTok. He's got 10 million followers on TikTok. Not that TikTok's a CCP information warfare device. Far be it for me to say that. Remember, he's a huge star on TikTok. He was promoted with all these uh, all these uh, other uh, folks on TikTok. He went to give do an interview with Joe Biden and got to ask a couple of questions. Josh Hammer. So I guess two things come immediately to mind, and I'm you know, I'm just guessing here. I, I don't claim to have definitive thoughts on any of this stuff, but the first possible explanation is that if you cut a narrow slice in like the 18 to 29, call it 18 to 35 demographic, Gen Z and kind of the earlier half of millennials, that polling probably looks quite a bit different. And if you think about who the modern Democratic Party's most active, engaged, reliable voter base is, it is kind of that Gen Z millennial demographic. So to an extent, they're probably just trying to fire up their base and, you know, not just the Gen Z. I mean, in general, kind of the, the affluence, the PhDs, people who have postgraduate education, those are those are the bread and butter Democratic Party voters these days. And there's a fairly direct correlation, I think, between kind of the number of fancy degrees one has, if I recall the polling correctly, and the, how liberal someone is on these kind of traditional woke issues, I guess, for lack of a better term, when it comes to critical race theory, transgenderism, things of the nature. So to an extent, they're probably just trying to simply just fire up their base. The other thing that I think might be going on here, it's really kind of just a tail wagging the dog situation, I think, Steve, to an extent, because, you know, the median Democratic politician, I think if you were to kind of inject truth serum into him as recently as probably two or three years ago, probably would not be on board with transing the kids. But you have this incredibly loud, disproportionately vocal, active wing that is adamant about this. And they they make threats. I mean, think back to what happened in Nashville recently. They found this lunatic transgender shooters manifesto, and Nashville police has still not released it. Why have they not released it? Well, it's fairly obvious, right? I mean, I remember the tweets that I saw on Twitter from transgender activists saying, like, how dare you? You shall not release this, right? So uh, they are just capitulating to a very loud, angry mob that has, I think, a narrow slice, but a very loud, narrow slice. 
Josh, how do people get to Newsweek to this op-ed section? It's so powerful. How do they get to you personally on your social media? Sure. So our op-ed section is just newsweek.com slash opinion. I'm on Twitter, Josh underscore Hammer, also on Getter as well. And, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure as always, Steve. Thanks for having me. Josh, thanks for making time for us today to, to join us. Incredibly powerful piece. We're going to push it out everywhere. Grace, Captain Bannon, let's get on this. This is a huge, huge cultural, societal, civilizational, as Josh Hammer calls it, issue. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the warm in just a moment. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Dot org. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, welcome back. Saturday, uh, 15 April, Year of Lord, 2023. A lot of things to get to. Uh, the Bennett Miller, this is a free gallery, at the premier gallery up on Madison Avenue. Bennett Miller's got this artwork. And um, so you should start immersing yourself in this artificial intelligence. You're going to go, these are not these, um, like, cartoons. A lot of stuff out there on... Um, on the internet about the artificial intelligence um, art. This is not it. This looks like it was taken by uh, Matthew Brady during the Civil War. Like, it looks like, uh, was it the Dunker Church at uh, Antietam? Very haunting. These are haunting, looks like from the earliest 20th century, 19th century. But, and Bennett is an expert. I know this, Bennett Miller is one of the great young artists in our country as a filmmaker, Right, he did Moneyball. I've seen and tons of others. Moneyball is the one that's always been my favorite. A fantastic film about baseball, but about really about mathematics. Um, and he's been deeply enmeshed. The reason he hasn't made a film in a number of years, he's been deeply enmeshed in artificial intelligence and things related to transhumanism. Um, and Sam Altman, there's a discussion when you go to the gallery, and you got some background. You know, he's been very involved in interviewing Sam Altman and talking to Sam Altman and all these guys. That's number one. Number two is that, uh, so go check that out, totally free, or you can go online and see it. But if you're in the New York City area, particularly if you're in Manhattan or one of the boroughs, go in there, check it out. It'll be quite an experience. Monday morning, talking about New York City, the Judiciary Committee is going to be live. Elise Stefanik has been 
uh, read in there, and now Goldman's going to be from the Democrats. That's going to be that's going to come in a little hot. That's going to be at nine or ten o'clock. We're going to cover it on the show. My understanding is C-SPAN says they're not going to cover it live because this is going to be brutal. Matt Gates, I know Matt was here the other day. He was talking about he was supposed to do a deposition here. He's actually not going to do that to go there. So Matt will be there. That's going to lead into um, the McCarthy speech on Monday about laying out the program for the debt ceiling. What I see so far, I'm not totally excited, but Russ vote is more. He says this gets you 218 votes, and this gets you the bid and the ask against uh, what Biden's put out, which is not tenable anymore. It's not tenable. I want to see bigger cuts. What I've seen doesn't look like the magnitude of cuts, but maybe you couldn't get to 218. Hey, it's all negotiation. You're in the middle of it. Uh, make sure you go to birchgold.com. The third in the series, get all of them. It's all free, but make sure you get the debt trap because the debt trap talks to us. And we wrote a couple of months ago, but it's like ripped from today's headlines is exactly what we're talking about. Spending, the debt ceiling, inflation, your money, all of it, devaluations. So go check that out. Um, I've got a bunch of other stuff to get. Oh, 16th and 17th of August. Put it on your calendar. The um, the Election Crime Bureau major conference. We had it in Springfield, Missouri last year. Mike Lindell, the Election Crime Bureau two day conference uh, summit. You're not going to want to miss this. We'll be there. We'll be broadcasting live. Uh, want to make sure everybody knows about that. Also, the National Religious Broadcasters down in Orlando. We're going to give details next week. We're going to be there for at least part of that, and we're going to have some pretty major announcements. We're going down with REV, our uh, our channel here, uh, to 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 um, broadcast there, meet people, and also make some announcements. MyPillow.com promo code WARROOM. You need you need to sleep. the weekends when you catch up with it. You need to sleep the sleep of the just. The way you do that is you're doing the products of MyPillow. MyPillow.com promo code WARROOM. Go do it right now. Buy one, get one free. 40% off the topper 2.0. Topper 2.0, game changer. 40% off. Uh, my pillow 2.0, buy one, get one free, game changer. Go check it out. Okay. Um, my lovely sister's here. Mary Beth, thank you for, for being here and being here during the week. Something you've, you've brought up a couple weeks ago, and we're trying to get our arms around it. It's very disturbing. And here's why it's disturbing. There's so, many, so much pressure on kids and parents, particularly young parents. The, the thing that's been so amazing about the uh, Moms for Liberty is this parents' rights movement. If parents are getting engaged, going to these school boards, and they're shocked about what they find out, the porn in the, the library and the fights they have to have these school boards and these administrators and the teachers aren't like the old nice teachers who, hey, recess, let's do math. It's all these teachers with purple hair, and they want to talk about their own sexuality to young kids, which is totally inappropriate. But on top of all that and the fights, you've been sending me something that's in, incredibly disturbing. Satanic clubs in, in – and not just satanic clubs in grade schools, but satanic clubs in grade schools like in the Commonwealth of Virginia. It's like in, in suburban Richmond down there outside of Virginia Beach. I mean this is stunning. And, and, and it's, it's – why it's not on the front page every day is stunning to me. Give me, give me your thoughts. So – I do not have children in the school system. So I found out through a friend of mine. I think we could tell that. They're a little older. They're, 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 I think they're, they're, Just in their in case they're in their 40s. No, no, they're <laughs> no, not. No, they're no, not. No. They're late 20s. Or, or grandchildren. Late, late 20s. Late. <clears throat> but I was made aware when um, it was coming to a school in Chesapeake, Virginia. And so I contacted my friends. Um, they went to the school board meetings. What was coming? The Satan, school, the Satan Club after school program, 
which I was this is so un- This is so unbelievable. And you can't it- tell me in a public school they have an after-school club when, when the kids have the clubs like the arts and crafts or the band or cheerleading. They're playing sports, but also the theater club. They're doing mm-hmm. this. There can't be an after-school club for Satan. Don't I can't buy it. This is too unbelievable. Well, they're currently in Colorado, Ohio, Virginia, California, North Carolina, New York, and Pennsylvania. They're targeting five to 12-year-olds, and they're making it sound kind of cutesy um, with they're not teaching faith. How can you make Satan cutesy? Well, they're going to teach science, critical thinking, creative arts, and good works for the community. But it's from a satanic, I know. Per, per, satanic point of view. Yes. And it comes from the satanic temple. And they follow their seven tenets, which I guess are like our Ten Commandments. But the second one of the tenets stuck out to me when I was just briefly. And I'm not an expert in this. I'm just so now starting so, so, to so, dig so, in. So, slow down. And when Merva digs in, you know, she's like a dog. <laughs> she's like Carrie Lake, a dog with a bone. No, but here's what I'll get. You have a religious group called the satanic temple or an anti-religious group, mm-hmm. a satanic temple. Mm-hmm. They sponsor these clubs, after school clubs. That, are you telling me that they're there? They are school district boards that approve this to actually be in taxpayer funded schools after hours. Is that what you're telling me? They're in these states, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, in Ohio, in Colorado, these other places, North Carolina, and the Commonwealth of Virginia. Is that what you're telling me? That is correct, from what I understand. So how they're getting in, these schools have an after-school program called Good News Club, which is uh, evangelical or Christian. So when they're in the schools, then the... Good News of the Modern, of the Gospel. So now they're coming in under that guise that you can't legally get them out. Because they're a religion, too, and they have a right. And so the school boards... It's not a religion. It's it's an anti-religion. I know. But the school boards are not standing up for it. And I have a dear... It's not standing up against it. Uh, Yes, correct. Sorry. Not standing up against it. And what's stunning me is that there's not enough parents and grandparents out there to fight it. There's no churches fighting it. It's just like a very few people. What do you mean no churches fighting it? Churches got to be fighting this. This is the... the, Well, we haven't seen a lot of activity with churches fighting it. You know, I think if you had a ton of people, churches, families, um, showing up at school board meetings, putting the pressure on, showing up, they possibly could back down. Now, legally... You're telling me if you send a kid, a child, to, and they're targeting five to 12 year olds, mm-hmm. pre teenager. Mm-hmm. You're telling me if you send a kid in their second and third grade, first grade, there could be active recruiting in that school by people to join the after school Satan club? Yes. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. And there's even a little devil on the flyer. They make it cutesy. You know, even they have little snakes playing with each other. I mean, it's, it's, I find it sick, but <laughs> what, what, but why are the why are, around these areas? Let's take Chesapeake. You know, why are the evangelical churches and God forbid the, the Roman Catholic Church and not like you know the, the social justice wars over there? This is kind of a what they're leading these kids to is eternal damnation, mm-hmm. right? If you're a believing Christian or part of the Judeo Christian West, uh, the, 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 they're leading these kids to damnation to hellfire, mm-hmm. to a life of... And this is one of the reasons the suicide rate's so high. Suicide rate's so high because people... I put it up on Getter the other day. People Correct. have lost hope. They've lost that underpinning yes. uh, in civic society. 
why is in your checkings, I realize you're just getting into this, in your checking so far, why are the preachers not preaching this? Why are there not huge demonstrations? Why is it, it you don't hear, any, the, there's nothing compared to the drag queen story, which is, trust me, terrible, and we got to shut that mm-hmm. down, but it has been shut down. So, but that's caused a firestorm, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we, we just had Josh Hammer on from Newsweek. The whole thing on the Budweiser and the in-your-face with the trans- transgender women or guys, whatever you want to call them, that has got $5 billion off the market cap of Budweiser. People are not drinking Bud Light for the first time in, since they were in college. Why is this not getting that type of traction when this actually is more pernicious? This may be actually de- – the other ones are terrible. Don't get yeah. me wrong, terrible. This is where you're pitching Satan because, hey, if they start with the funny devil and the snakes – they're going to lead to the, the to the black mass and to the human mm-hmm. sacrifice and all that. I think parents are afraid of people coming after them. And I think in some of the reports I read, that's exactly what happened. If you spoke out against it, they targeted you. And so people are afraid. I think for the churches, and I hate to say this, I think it's money that if they offend anybody, they may lose funding from people coming in, you know, giving from the dollar. And I've, I've been saying that for a long time. I think the churches are weak because it, it you know, this is what Tom to Williams talked about last week when it had the Saturday show, the coming Christian persecution, Dr. Williams, one of the things he talked oh, about is the accommodationist part What the Roman empire offered the early first century Christians. The emperor saying, Hey, look, I don't even believe this stuff myself that I'm, 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 I'm actually God. All you got to do is burn the incense and we're all good. You don't have to believe it. And they wouldn't do it. And he's saying right now, I said, why is this stuff not preached? And he says, listen, everything that's preached is all happy clappy, mm-hmm. right? It's all Jesus as your buddy. It's all Jesus mm-hmm. as a social worker, social mm-hmm. justice warrior. They don't want to get down to, they never want to talk about hell. They want to talk about damnation. Is that, is that your point? Yes. Yes. And they even say that in the club, that they don't want to teach the children. That's, they're the alternative to teaching them hell and damnation. They're like a lighter, happier, you know, non-judgy kind of They don't club. want to talk hell on damnation because they're going to be damned. They don't want to tell the little kids at the beginning that that's not, that, hey, bad news is you join the club, you end up in the deep pit of hell, yeah. right? That may, that's not maybe a great marketing pitch. But the thing that worries me, it has a lot of um, parallels with how the Nazis. With the Hitler with, youth? Yes, how they did the youth. What do you mean by well, that? Well, they would take the Sabbath, they would take the kids away from the parents and make it fun. And so then the kids wanted to go outdoorsy. It was fun. Then they started saying, well, your parents are dumb. We know more. You know more than your parents. They're old-fashioned. So it has a lot of parallels, which concern me. It should concern you. That's what they're trying to do. Okay, hang on. Let's take a break. um, By the way, as you can tell, Mary Beth, you didn't speak to you like five, right? (laughs) See, I, everybody says, why does Bannon interrupt all his guests? I say, hey, I'm just at the dinner table when I was a small kid, the mouthy one. I didn't have no, no, a chance. No, no, you, didn't, you didn't. We kept saying she was special. You didn't talk to me for five, did you? No, I didn't. It was, in that crowd, I'm it was still tough. nervous. It was tough. You're doing great. People have been bugging me. Why were you, when are you coming back? And, uh, and I wanted to have you back up here for a long well, time. Well, I feel like I always bring bad news. So I feel, I'm like a bad news bayer, but, no, but, I, but I need the, to make people aware because a lot of people aware. don't know. Well, a lot of your aware. friends are concerned because their grandparents are well, and they yes. said there's nobody fighting this. Nobody's this fighting it. We have a few of us trying to come up with a game plan. So that's we're what my get, plea today so is we're, to. We're getting a game plan here. Okay. okay. We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to come back. We got the D block on a Saturday. Mary Beth is in the house. She's actually <laughs> been here most of the week and been a great uh, – <laughs> 
some of the, if you notice, I've been covering more interesting stories because I've been getting uh, updated, not just by the engine room, but by the, the slip of the paper during the... Uh, she's the one that had the book. She was reading Paperclip. I felt so smart in front of Lara Logan. I had the book. That was us my sister's. I had to rip it off her. Okay, short commercial break. Back in the warm in a moment. Citizens, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food and you do it right away. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now. While it's on sale, go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Let me repeat that. $200 per kit savings. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories per day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, and you'll enjoy free shipping, too. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Getter has arrived. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. I think it's Matthew, the King James Version of Matthew. But who shall, whoso shall cause one of these little ones who believe in me to fall, it were better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck 
and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. That is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what he thought about. That's his. That's his. Uh, that's his uh, rebuttal to the Satanic Club. That you see how you absolutely nailed it. You see how evil it is. It makes it happy, clappy. You're going to get nature. It's going to be self empowering. Um, so we're going to get organized in this and help people get organized because this is unacceptable. You agree? But yes, and I think. If it isn't in your school system, it will be soon. So please be on the lookout for it. Um, like I said, it kind of snuck up on us. We had no idea. I've told people about it. They think I'm crazy when I talk about it. But Google it, look for it, and definitely look for it in your school system. The um, the tenants, the second tenant stunk, stuck out to me. It said, struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. And to me, that speaks a lot about, like, activism. Big time. They're, they're beyond the rule of law, and they want to take down these institutions. Yes. We so. want to reform them and rejuvenate them. They want to destroy them. They said it takes precedent over. This is insidious. They're putting this in five-year-old kids' head. And the volunteers are not school children. They are people that are with the Satanic Temple and have been vetted by them. And that's very frightening. Look, and, think about, evil. and think about yep. turning your child over to someone in the school building with you not there. And, I don't, and I'm assuming you can attend, or, but you more but than likely are going to be but, working. But think, about or, not atten- think about not turning them over. Just one of your child goes to an after-school program mm-hmm. or you're one of the parents have to work and they got to stay after school and on other things. And these in the Satanic... People are are wandering around the school hall because trust me, they'll be looking for they'll be looking to grab these kids and put them in mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So that's very concerning to me. Um, the other thing is, I, I feel like we have some blame in this too. The Christians. I'm old enough to remember the blue laws <laughs> when everything was closed on Sunday. You went to church, you came home, you had your big family dinner, you maybe went on a family drive. It was all about God and family. We've gotten so far away from that now. All your little league, you know, sports are on Sundays. You have your ACT test. The stores are open. And I'm guilty of it. Over time, you know, I'll go to the grocery store. I'll do something. But we, if we push back, that stuff will stop. But we haven't. We've been tricked um, into just going along over time and um, the easy way out. And so I employ employ everybody just to think about pushing implore implore. i'm sorry (laughs) to think about pushing back because if we start doing that we'll make a difference uh we're gonna get organized in this i want to thank you for being up here this week it's been fantastic spend quality time and uh also no you're crazy that's what i tell she's she's hit me nonstop. (laughs) there's a couple of members of the engine room that are nonstop giving me ideas and i go that is the that's the craziest thing i've ever seen and of course three weeks later it turns out it's true I, okay, <laughs> I have to eat a lot of crow with this girl. Thank you very much. We're going orga- to get organized on the Chesapeake situation throughout the country. This satanic uh, situation is and, just awful. And please help us fight. I hope y'all all the posse gets into the fight. With and us. and you blow up the, your priest on Sunday tomorrow. Yes, go to them and say, hey, how come we're not fighting this? Where are you on this thing? And 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 and, and the preachers too, the Protestants too. You should ask them, how come I'm not hearing you preaching about the persecution of the Christians worldwide, including here in the United States? There's two types of persecution, the white persecution, the red. The white is to suppress you, take away your opportunities, make you feel terrible, etc. The red is where they actually start killing people. And Tom Williams says we're coming to the second. Okay, we're going to be up on Getter all weekend. 
The Congress is back next week, but, man, we're on fire. We're going to be doing some special broadcast all throughout the week. I'll tell everybody about that on Monday. I want to make sure everybody goes together. Go to birchgold.com slash warm right now. Immerse yourself in everything related to understanding the U.S. dollar. Also, go check on your IRA 401k with all the information that, that Patrick and the team out there, Philip Patrick and the team put out there, so go check it out. Also, MyPillow.com. We got the big conference 16th and 17th of August coming up. Make sure you go to MyPillow. You got the toppers 40% off. You got the pillows. Buy one, get one free, slash war room. MyPillow.com slash war room. Make sure you check it out. It is uh, going to be an intense week coming up. Need you to get some good sleep and some rest, particularly tomorrow. You know, don't go to the store, stock up today, to, tomorrow, church, and, uh, and family. How does that say? Maybe a drive, okay? Mm-hmm. Not an electric vehicle and a, and a gas-powered vehicle. Electric vehicle you can't afford. Okay, I want to thank everybody, Real America's Voice Team, everybody in Denver. Maribeth, thank you for coming by and hanging Thanks. out. Thanks for having me. It was a great uh, – what's, what is that voice? What's the NPR voice? <laughs> Where, you got the NPR voice. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. She's a star, I tell you. She was a star when she was – once she started speaking, you couldn't shut her up. Was, Thanks, man. Right, so nice. glad to have Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. See you back here Monday morning live at 10 a.m. Up on Getter all weekend. Maybe even surprise you have a live chat. Never know. Just go up and get her. See you then. See you Monday at 10. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.